0: Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. Well, hello and a very happy new year. If we're yet to meet, my name is Simon and I'm part of The Saint team, mostly based at our West Ham location. I don't know how you're feeling, but I cannot quite believe that we are already in 2022. It seems like just moments ago we were all talking about our 2020 vision and suddenly here we are two years later and what a bizarre and often brutal two years that has been. And somehow we find ourselves in this strange and painful land again of isolations and mask wearing and of not being able to gather together in person. But uh, I for one, am so grateful that we can be together here online. I just wanted to encourage you. We've been praying for you over this Christmas season and we'll continue to do so as we look, into, look ahead into an unknown year. A year where some of the things we hope for may not happen and where I'm also certain that we will be surprised by joy as we trust this unknown future to a known God. As we begin this new year, I wonder how many of us have made some form of New Year's resolution. Most of us apparently will have done. And there are four things that most of us will have resolved to do. Firstly is to get fit. Secondly is to lose weight. Thirdly is to eat more healthily. And fourth is to save more money. Those are the top resolutions almost every single year. How many of us have set some physical goals for ourselves this year? Last year, my wife and I, Chloe, uh, did this. And we spent the year training as boxers. I'm sure you can probably tell. Twice a week, you'll find us in our kitchen, gloves and pads on, with a slightly crazy man on Zoom shouting at us. And when we started out, I imagined that most of it would be sort of hand and footwork, you know, bobbing and weaving, floating like a butterfly, stinging bee, all that stuff. Turns out that most of it is nothing to do with that. And it's all to do with working out my core. I have spent many hours lying on the floor of my kitchen, windmilling and crunching and planking and any other number of different exercises that have left me in agony. The good news is, I'm sure you are wondering, the good news is that I have washboard abs. They are just covered over by a couple of extra layers. The foundation of fitness is core strength. For any sport, for any physical activity, having a strong core is essential. Building core strength is also true of our life of following after Jesus. Our spiritual life needs a strong core for us to continue to grow. And over the next two weeks, we're going to spend some time looking at our spiritual fitness setting ourselves some goals and targets, reminding ourselves of disciplines that if we stick to them, will transform our lives forever and for better. Let me pray for us as we dive in. Holy Spirit, we ask, would you speak to us today? Would your word cut like a double-edged sword right to the heart of who we are? Would you transform us into your likeness? Amen. In John 15, verses four to five, Jesus shows us how we are to live this Christian life, how we are to get and remain spiritually fit. He says this, "'Abide in me and I in you. "'As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself "'unless it abides in the vine, "'neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. "'I am the vine and you are the branches.'" Whoever abides in me and I in them will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. I don't know if you've ever visited a vineyard. I went to a wedding last year and uh, this was at a vineyard and uh, we nearly lost our six-year-old Benji amongst the thousands and thousands of grapevines. And what was fascinating was every vine was built upon a trellis. Row after row of wooden posts and metal wire propping up the thousands and thousands of grapes. The image Jesus paints for us is that we are just like those branches, attached to the vine, spurring off with the call to bear fruit. And we cannot bear fruit if we're not connected to the vine. And so here's the question, how do we stay connected to the vine? Well, here's the answer, through the strength of the trellis. The branches snap off unless they're tied in. Essential to the flourishing of the life of the grapevine is the strength of the trellis. John Mark Comer says this, if a vine doesn't have a trellis, it will die. And if your life with Jesus doesn't have some kind of structure to facilitate health and growth, it will wither away. The point of a trellis isn't to make the vine stand up straight in neat rows but rather to attain a rich deep glass of wine. What a trellis is to a vine a set of disciplines are to our life in Jesus. What are your disciplines? You might have many a set of practices a rule of life it can be deeply complicated You can change everything about your life and set up structures to affect everything. Or you can make it really simple. But here's the thing. Foundational to pretty much every rule of life, every spiritual great are these two things. Reading the Bible and prayer. Start with these two things and everything else flows from it. The normal Christian life starts with these two disciplines of reading the Word of God and of listening and talking to Him. And this week we're going to talk about what, why and how and what it means to read the Bible. And next week we're going to be looking at prayer. How do we get spiritually fit? It's pretty simple. We start with Scripture. So four very quick thoughts. Firstly is this, read the Bible because it brings you New life. Two Timothy three sixteen tells us this: all Scripture is God breathed; it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. If we want to grow in our faith, we need Scripture. But more than that, if we want to have the fullness of life that we've been promised, we need Scripture. In the Bible, there are three clear instances of God breathing on things. Firstly, in Genesis 1, God breathes life into Adam and Eve, into humanity. In Ezekiel 37, God breathes life into the dry bones and they come alive. And in John 20, Jesus breathes onto His disciples and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Every time God breathes in Scripture, It leads to newness and fullness of life. And so here on offer, on a daily basis, in these words that have been God-breathed is life. Words that contain life. If you want a new life, read the Bible. Secondly is this. Read the Bible because it leads us to Jesus. I'm convinced that we all need to be consciously, deliberately forming and shaping our lives around Jesus. How do we do that? Well, we spend time with him. We get to know him. We learn his ways. And how do we get to know him? We read the Bible. Jesus is the offer of fullness of life. The life that Jesus gives is where we find fullness. It's not through our own plans and our own uh, plotting that we get it. It's through the life of Jesus. His gift to us is the fullness of life. And what you'll find, what we find as we read the Bible, we begin to see more of who we are truly meant to be as we find our life in Jesus. As scripture begins to gently whisper into our lives, we become more of who God has called us to be. This book, the Bible, will help us to live out our very best, fullest life. And I want to encourage you, a regular, patterned, disciplined, practiced reading of Scripture will keep us close to Jesus. I know from my own life, when things have gone most wrong, when I've messed up in life, it's because I've drifted and I've wandered away from God. I've stopped praying and I've stopped reading the Bible. Keep close to him, draw close to him and he'll draw near to you by imbibing his words to us. Sit with scripture, absorb it. Let it speak its truth to you every single day. The third reason is this, read the Bible because it tells us the only true story. I don't know, if this is true for you but I need a daily reminder of the goodness and kindness and faithfulness of God. We need to immerse ourselves into these words that they would flow out of us. We need to learn them off by heart that they would be the words that come to mind that are on the tip of our tongue that speak constant truth to us. We live in a world that tells a very different story to the one that Jesus tells us. And so we as followers of Jesus need to embed ourselves into the story of God that we would learn every day to live this Jesus kingdom building, life-changing story into this world. How do we tell this world a different story? We've got to live in it ourselves and live it out. We all have a set of values and assumptions and biases by which we live in this world. And these are formed by so many different things, our upbringing, our family, our church, our education, our experiences, where we grew up, for all of us. It means we've got a lens through which we see the world. And I'm convinced we need to clean the lenses by which we see this world. And how do we do that? Well, it's as we immerse ourselves into Scripture that we are reminded again of the grand story that God is weaving in this world. We're called back daily to this God who is love, that we begin to see the world as it ought to be. Fourthly is this, read the Bible so that it reads you. We all get it wrong and we need to be corrected. We need some sort of admonition. As you read the Bible, allow the words to challenge you. If you find that you're never personally questioned or your morality affronted by the words of Scripture, then probably you're doing what I do too often, which is I read myself as the hero of the story. I read the story through my own lenses rather than allowing the Bible to read me through the lens of Jesus. You see, these words are the words that lead to life and you've got to allow them to bring you alive, both by encouragement. Hey, you're doing brilliantly. Look, you're doing these things, but also by the challenge that we will find there. We need these words, as it says in Timothy, to rebuke and correct and train us, to lead us together into all righteousness, And so very quickly, I promise, where do you start in reading the Bible? Firstly, I want to suggest you start where you are and progress from there. Don't suddenly put yourself under loads of pressure to be reading passages and passages a day. If you're not reading the Bible at all yet, start simply. Maybe you want to pick one book in the Bible and just read a sentence a day, maybe a chapter a day. Or maybe you want to find some Bible study notes that lead you through a theme. Whatever you do, start. And uh, start where you are, not where you want to be. So start where you are. Secondly, do it with others. It's so much fun. The Bible is best read in a community. And as a church, this year and every year, we are going to be doing the Bible in one year. You can download an app on your phone or your iPad or on your laptop. You can follow along online and you literally get given some readings for each day. And we're going to do this together. But also, if you're not involved in a connect group, can I encourage you, sign up online. Find some people that you can journey together with through the year, reading Scripture Set up a WhatsApp group and ask all the difficult questions that no one else seems to ask. Do this journey together. Third, can I encourage you to put it in your diary? Time so often seems short, but it goes where we choose. If you don't think you have time to sit down and read the Bible, make that time. Cut out five minutes of Instagram and use that to read the Bible or build it into your current routine. A friend of mine every single day listens to the Bible in one year. She's getting ready in the morning, just has it on in the background and it has been deeply transformative for her. Finally, remember why we're reading the Bible. We don't read the Bible to tick off our to-do list. Yes, I've done it today, bam. Jesus is the point of reading the Bible. We want to build a core a strong core at the heart of our faith, finding our strength in how we follow after him by following closely to him. I'll land with this. I remember a few years ago, my dad suddenly started to get up at about quarter past six every day. And he wouldn't really talk about it. He'd just get on and do it. He'd make himself a cup of coffee. He'd sit at the kitchen table. And he turns out he was reading his Bible And the only reason I knew was that I remember asking him, Dad, what's changed? What's changed in you? My dad was a really good man, but he, like all of us, had his flaws. I just remember over that year, he became kinder and more patient and more joyful. I remember asking him, what's different, Dad? And he said this in his own words. He said that he spent time in the Bible And he was becoming somehow, miraculously, more like Jesus. That's what happens when we spend time in the Word of God. Spiritual fitness will take many shapes and forms. But if you want to build for the long game, if you want to make sure that you can finish the race well, then you have to make sure that you have a strong core. If you want to daily become a little bit more like Jesus, may I encourage you. Give yourself the best shot at what's coming. And as often as you can, read your Bible. Imbibe it, sit in it, love it, rest in it, abide in Him. What I'd love us to do is just to still our hearts for a moment. Maybe I can invite you to just close your eyes and I'm going to pray for us. And Holy Spirit, we ask, would you come and fill us in our homes, where we are right now. Come, Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask, would you give us a love for your word? Help us to read the Bible daily, Lord. Lord, for those of us who are starting at zero, Lord, we just want to want to read the Bible. Give us that desire, Lord. For those of us who are doing this already, Lord, we pray, give us understanding and depth. And Lord, we pray, would you help us do it together? Let your word transform us into your likeness this year, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.chat. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.